And in this week's episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast, we're talking the final weekend of the season as the playoffs are just about to start. The playoff races are in full force. We're also doing Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Batch C923, the latest batch from Heaven Hill. Is it the best one of the year? Is it the best one of the last several years? We'll break that down and have a look ahead at some playoff predictions. That's coming up in episode 44 of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Stay tuned. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Michael is just joining us as I am Brandon. That is Michael. If this is your first time tuning in. We are a podcast that talks bourbon and baseball. We like to say high proof and high heat. Thanks for joining us. Happy Thursday. This is going to be dropping on a Friday, a little bit of a different schedule, partially because of work, partially because we're getting closer to the playoffs and baseball season is winding down, at least for every team. How do you feel about that? There's there's the sadness that everything's coming to the close of the of MLB but the playoff baseball has such an electric atmosphere of its own. Mm-hmm. Even if your team doesn't make it, you could still pick a team each series. I wouldn't recommend picking a team and hoping they make it all the way through because then you'll be setting yourself up for disappointment. But, yeah. Just pick whatever team Michael's going against because, as yes. we found out last year in predictions, whatever team Michael picked, it was like the death knell. Yep, I picked the Marlins so far this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's doing the reverse curse right there. Uh, so welcome <laughs> to episode 44. I am Brandon. That is Michael. As I mentioned earlier, we are Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast talking high proof and high heat. This is episode 44, and let's start it off the same way we have for the last several weeks. Who is the best to ever wear the number 44? I think it should be pretty easy, but... Uh, there are some decent names on this list. There's just one that really stands out the most. And uh, uh, you're seeing three of them on your screen. I just, I, it's going to be hard to go against one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, his war is uh, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> pretty ridiculous. ridiculous is like saying, like, even calmly, I think. What is it, like 122 or something like that? 143. 143 jesus <laughs> yeah and if you don't know who uh, we're talking about we're talking about uh uh henry aaron there on the, on oh the i thought you were gonna say anthony Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i meant to <laughs> yes uh 143 he worked for 22 seasons between the milwaukee braves atlanta braves and the milwaukee brewers for two years most people don't really know that he finished his career as a brewer um in those final two years that is double or nearly double the next best war for someone who wore that number. And that was Reggie Jackson in 11 years with 73.9 war. And that's a career total for Reggie Jackson, who wore another couple of numbers back when he was, uh, I believe, in Oakland the first time around, uh, as well as in Baltimore. So uh, Willie McCovey is the other picture that we popped up there. Uh, You may know him from the Giants, Willie McCovey, McCovey Cove, uh, also uh, a Hall of Famer, a longtime Giant, but also played with the Padres in the Athletics. 64.5 war. Same amount of years. 
still almost a hundred less. That's oh how insane the home run king, or at least until Barry Bonds. But yeah, and some people will still say he is the home run king, depending on who you ask. But 143 war, 3,771 hits, 755 home runs. That's ridiculous. Yes, so, absolutely. I don't think we have to go any further than this, do we? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely <laughs> Hank Aaron. Absolutely. Yes. Hank I Aaron. Am surprised. I ahead. am surprised uh, how how much war Anthony Rizzo does have in his 10 years with like 39 uh, number 44 right yeah yeah 39 and that's still not even top 10 for the number um obviously uh not everybody above him have worn it for 10 plus years but danny darwin daryl strawberry jose canseco wore it for one year in 1998 but uh, mike cameron that's a cool name to kind of think back on i remember him as a child back in the chicago white Sox, and then roy oswalt for 13 years he had 50 war between the astros phillies rangers and the Rockies. I never would have guessed that he played for the Rockies, but I guess that was his final year in 2013. But yeah, yeah, hammer in Hank Aaron. Most of you know him as Henry Aaron as well. Oh, Henry bar. That's who that uh, candy bar was named after. After was Hank Aaron. The oh, Henry. really? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. The more you know. Do 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 do. Because knowledge is power. Aaron. What's that? His knowledge is power. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome into episode 43, the Hank Aaron episode. episode uh, as, did I say 43? Man, it's been a long <laughs> week. I've worked 36 hours in three days. I've slept like 11 and a half hours in the last two days combined. Intensive work episode, too. Yes. Severe weather. Cincinnati Bengals. Uh a lot of people think that's fun doing all the tailgates, but you don't realize you got to do all the work that you would normally do an hour and a half before and then get there. So uh, a lot of hustle and bustle, but not complaining here. Episode 44, excuse me, the Hank Aaron episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. If you're new to the, the program, welcome in. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all at Barrels and Barrels Pod. You may be watching this on our YouTube channel at bnb pod bnb at barrels and barrels pod but we also have a secondary channel which is just strictly bourbon related and that is at bnb bourbon so you can go check us out over there if you haven't already subscribers almost up to 800 on the primary channel but when it comes to the bourbon channel we're really growing there we started that a couple of weeks ago we're already over 50 subscribers which is pretty quick and we're continuing yeah, to grow on views there so go check us out over there if you're looking just strictly for bourbon we'll get to our bourbon review here of this week in just a second uh on facebook twitter and instagram uh, tiktok and instagram man it's been a rough start uh we will only get better x barrels and barrels and then you can also find us apple spotify as well as iheart google and amazon podcasts don't forget to hit the review button or the rating button we're at 20 out of 25 star ratings on apple 14 out of 14 on spotify and if you leave a review that's a text review which we hope one of you listening will do we'll read it out on the next podcast as we jump on air before we get any further we've got merch to sell uh we're not wearing the shirts, but we've got the hats, and you can go check those out uh, through the link tree in our Instagram bio. Again, you can find us on Instagram at Barrels and Barrels Pod. We've got Glen Karens as well as Whiskey Wisdom glasses for sale. I think there's only how many two wisdoms wisdom. we got left. I think we got two left. Two left. I've got a couple. Speaking of, of two, if, 
Yeah, and two it. We also have two its glasses. Yes. Did I say two it? I thought no, I said it was wisdom. Just, it was, oh. it was, you, no, you said wisdom, and then you said we okay. have two left, and I said speaking oh, two of left. two left. Oh, clever. We have two ifs. Two ifs. But you can go head on over uh, to our Instagram account and go buy those there. We also have T-shirts, which we'll show later off in the show. But if you want to buy those, go head on over to charliemikeneverweekend.com. You can get those right out the door, $25 shipped to you. And I'm not lying when I tell you it's one of the most comfortable, if not the most comfortable T-shirt that I own. I wear it too much that I have to wash it too much. <laughs> That's the one issue there. <laughs> but yes, thank you. Welcome in. Uh, this is episode 44. Um, as I mentioned, we've got glass or we've got t-shirts, we've got hats. Uh, we've also got stickers. If you want to check those out as well, head on over to our Instagram page if you haven't already. Without further ado, let's get into the bourbon. And before we do that, this segment is brought to you by Whiskey Towers, whiskeytowers.com. Use promo code WHISKEYWEATHER, and that is going to get you 10% off. And what is a whiskey tower? Think of a beer tap for your whiskey. Yes, it's absolutely perfect to put your everyday players in Mm -hmm. and just be able to pull from it way too easily than you're already (laughs) pulling from the bottles as it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether you're making a cocktail, you're pouring something neat, or you're uh, you're just looking to have a party where it's easier for some people. Tap, right? I, I've done that a couple times. I've done that a couple times. Hey, just <laughs> a, little, a little pour right in from the tap. So head on over to whiskeytowers.com. Use promo code, all capital, whiskey weather. It's scrolling there at the bottom of your screen, and you can get 10% off your order. And that is what the bourbon segment is sponsored this week. And this week, we are going with... One of the bigger releases every fall. It is Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. This is going to be batch C923. Uh, And the big thing about this batch, do you know, is the years. This is supposedly the oldest batch that has ever been released, at least for Barrel Proof as a batch number. Now, they've had single barrels that they've given out that are older than this, but this comes in at 13 years and seven months old, which they they used to be 12 years. And until the B batch this year, uh, they had all been 12 years. The B batch this year was just under 12 at uh, 11 and 6, I believe. Uh, And now this year's C batch, which it goes C923. C stands for the third one distributed in the ninth month of the year, which is September. And the year is 2023. So this is one of those bigger and um, more sought after releases. And especially because of the 13 year, seven month age statement. A lot of people have been snagging this. Uh, MSRP, usually right around $69.99 to $80. I grabbed this one at Kentucky Bourbon Fest for right at that $79.99 price point. It has gone up a little bit, but you're getting 13 year old whiskey. At barrel proof for 80 bucks. The sticker so. the sticker changed on that guy. It actually says the age statement on the front where yeah. A it says used to it say it side. right here. Yep. Yeah. And that's why I said the second one, uh, batch B this year was the first time they changed it. Yeah. Hmm. So I thought uh, I had it was, B for some reason. I uh, we did. A. Did we not do a review on B? I know we did a review on A earlier this year. We may not have we done did B. A. But uh, so 133 proof. That's 66.5 ABV. So Woo, doggy. It's a hot one. So it's I think the hottest proof on an ECBP in the last 
two or three years because last year's were all into the 120s and the first two batches this year were under 130 that's for sure so uh, this one is a hotly contested and sought after bottle right now i'm so lucky to grab this uh, and as always this comes in from heaven hill with the same mash bill as always there it is 78 10 and 12 so this is a lower rye higher malted barley mash um I didn't realize that until I was doing the research a couple months ago, and then I totally forgot about it until just now. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so th this is one of my favorite releases every year. We tend to, and I, I think Elijah Craig might be my go-to bottle, honestly. Whether it's small batch, barrel proof, I've got six of the last. It, it, in the past, yeah, it's it doesn't it, it's not a super you know it's not hot and doesn't torch the tongue. It right. has the good flavor that comes through. It's it's yeah. not syrupy like the small batch could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, this is an easy go-to usually. Yeah. So I'd, uh, I've given it a pour. Have you poured yours up yet and given it I a have nose? it in my two-with. Yeah. My yeah. first nose is a little explosion there. It's very nosy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I get a going to sound weird. I get a little nail, nail polish out of it. Nail polish remover. Um, oh, which, so I say. love nail polish remover. I love okay. nail polish remover. I, so. I can, I can, it's, you get notes for those that say, oh, I can't pick up notes. It just smells like alcohol. Try having someone else describe yeah. notes to you as you smell it because that's how they'll start to come to you a little did easier. You get the, did you get the nail polish right when I said Yes, that's, what, that's why I said, oh, because <laughs> it's, it's stunk. Um, the nail first, polish yeah. first bomb to me was... Uh, cherry yep i've got oak and cherry written down um almost like a creme brulee too oh yeah like creme brulee it's a, if, if someone was writing these down going how the hell do they get all these to combine and still think that this is fantastic um you can definitely tell you can get the proof on the nose like sometimes it doesn't totally come through but the <clears> ethanol i think at least the heat from this um comes through for sure yeah i i, I feel like it i'm I, lately i pick up mint really easily i don't think you it's heavy mint. mint yeah i'm You've getting mint in everything. everything for like the last three months i think it's like the tail end of the alcohol nose that i'm okay. picking up as quote mint it may not be mint actually could it's be just the tail end alcohol that i'm thinking is a slight mint hint a mint hint that should yes, be the sir. title of this. Um, <laughs> I get a big oak, a cherry oak bomb for sure. Michael's giving it the old Kentucky chew. So what would you think? What do you think of this nose? I like it. Nose. Um, I think it's it trends sweeter, so I would anticipate a. So I've had this before, so I already kind of have an idea of what I'm pulling into because I did try this at Kentucky Bourbon Fest before I bought it, but. Uh, yeah, it's. Were you gonna buy it before you tried it, anyways, or did you try? I wasn't. It? Uh, I tried it before I bought it. I tried it before I bought it. Roll tide. Roll damn tide. Oh, there's the Alabama rubbing off on me. Um, no, I was gonna. I mean, I always try to buy the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof um, if I get a shot because uh, I know I usually love them. There have been some batches that I don't like as much, but yeah, uh, I was going. I mean, look at the color on this thing. That thing it is, is a dark. Yeah, it's it is a uh, got a little reddish hue to it, even. Yeah, uh, 
the right off the bat, you definitely feel the heat, but it's not overpowering. Like for a one thirty three, you would think, "Is it on fire? My mother's on fire." <laughs> uh, but it that's not the case with this. It is. Um, I'm not going to call it smooth, but the mouthfeel on it, um, there's a tingle for sure. But it's not even. I think last week we did low gnome, right? Yes, dude. I don't know if I told you that thing. That was the identical torched, proof. Identical that thing torched proof. my tongue. I felt like I had eaten a mouthful of warheads, and <laughs> my my tongue for like two days was done. Oof, um, that's not good. Lemon uh, warheads, be to be more specific. Lemon warheads, Le- no, oh, lemon ones. Those are were the best. Sourest. No, no. Which one was then? Black cherry. Uh, black cherry was um, the green apple. Always seemed to get me the most. Um, Ooh, is your mouth watering now? Thinking about them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, what do you get okay. right off the bat uh oak it's it's straight up oak it's more of a bitter i thought i was going to get some more sweetness out of it but it's it's oak right off the front i get a little sweet more confectioner sugar through the middle half of that um and then the finish itself is pretty tame comparative to what i would expect with a 133 right you would expect it to be hot and heavy through the entire thing I enjoy this very, very much. I'm having to control myself from downing this thing because it is delicious. <laughs> I get this. I, the finish for me is very, uh, is very fruity, and it just, it just is staying in my mouth here. The roof, everything, it's, it's sticking around for, for, uh, for a good time. Yeah, definitely a lot of cherry after the oak, and I get that baking. I'd say that this matches the nose. It's just not quite as sweet. As I think the note, like my mouth is real watery right now. Yeah. Like, um, like Pavlov's dog watery in a way. Uh, so this, would, it, would you say this is complex? Does it have complexity? In a way, yes, but I don't think it, it's as complex as a lot of the other things we've had as of late. I think this is pretty simple and to the point, right? It's the same on the nose as it is on the palate for me maybe three, four notes at most. Sometimes we're like, well, I got this, I got that. Or sometimes um, they go for more of a roller coaster ride. Like we had a couple where we're like, oh, and then a hard right turn and then the hard left turn. I think that this is pretty simple, straightforward. Same thing from front to back and on the nose. I wouldn't call it terribly complex, but I think that it's a very well put bourbon. It's like it's. It's a classic bourbon roller coaster. Yes. You got your start, your mid-tier, and your finish. All yeah. a classic. It doesn't have the uh, – and Barrel Vantage and BRT2 is the most complex ones that I, I always think of. They, the finish has multiple aspects to it where this has mm-hmm. a classic bourbon finish. It's a total classic bourbon. I get a little bit more of that malted barley. There's not as much of a rye presence to it because of the lower rye. Maybe that's why it. I trend to trend to go towards the Elijah Craig because I don't mind higher rice. It's just I think that this hits everything perfectly. So on our barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast rating seal, Michael, where do you have batch C923? As I get you, just it's just like the perfect timing with a, wa- a waitress or a waiter walking up to the table <laughs> at a restaurant. Well, I, How's everything going? <laughs> I almost kind of do it like I'm hoping to get another sip as you're saying all that. Yeah, because I'm I'm in between two levels here. I know what they are. 
they're they're not DFA and bench. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> um, I want to give this guy an all star. Boom! Hey, now it's an all star. I think it's got enough of a sweetness to it, but it's not overly sweet. That I like one of my favorite descriptions of something that's perfectly sweet is a marshmallow sweetness to it. Marshmallows yeah, like aren't toast, overly like, sweet. As if like the toasted Elijah Craig would be what you're talking about then. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the one I, I just I just killed it was a old forester single barrel barrel strength. Mm-hmm. That one that I had. You finally did. In Huntsville. I finally killed it. And I think I waited too long. It had like just uh, like one ounce poured left in it. And I had that in there so long. I think mm-hmm. I tainted it a little bit by having that much air to bourbon for a while. Yeah. Well, it means you just got to go find another one. That's right. So, so my- Brandon. <laughs> so I went all-star. Brandon, what do you got? This Elijah Craig Barrel Proof C923. All right, buddy. We need to. We need to talk to you, sir. Oh, no. Um, I want to let you know that you've made the all-star team and that you're going to be making the trip. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm going to also go with an all-star. Congratulations, C923. See, see, the best part is when I tried this the first time, I, like, really loved it. But I was like, that is not exactly what it tastes like because it was at Kentucky Bourbon Fest in their, like, tasting table was directly in the sun and this thing had been baking for like three hours. And when I say it was hot, it wasn't hot as in like the alcohol. It was like, I drank a hot tea and I was like, what the hell was that? Uh, But it was still good and full of flavor. I was just, I I bet you that's even better at room temperature and it certainly is. Uh, So yeah. And my mouth continues to just water. Uh huh. Like, and it's incredible. Like that doesn't make you want more. that's right, I'm, and you're I'm like, killing this thing. More. I need to go. I need to get another pour. I need to get another sip. But yeah, for those of you who are just new to our podcast, if you've never chimed in or listened before, we do our rating scale in a baseball rating scale that starts out right at the top, Hall of Famer. That's the best it can get. Think of a, all the baseball players that have ever played. One percent make the Hall of Fame, and the best pours you're ever going to have. Those are the Hall of Famers. Mikey, you just rated this an All Star. What's that? All stars, those guys just that get selected. They're on the, they're on every team, and they're kind of the best of their individual teams. Even if you, every team has to have at least one all star by rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the best of, of of each team. Those are the bottles that you have backups to. Every time you find one, you buy it, and it's one that you only make sure you give to your bourbon aficionados. You're not giving out an all star to someone who mixes blands with Coke. Right. Uh, next goes to everyday player. That is just like the player in your lineup that you have there every day, day in, day out. They may not make the all-star team, but you can consistently expect them in the lineup and expect them to contribute on a day-to-day basis, giving you their best on an everyday thing. Just like a baseball player, this is something that you always want in your lineup, whether that's on your bar, the moment you're done with it, you go buy another one because you know you just have to have another bottle. Right, and then we got ben, ben, after everyday players, bench player. It's not a knock because bench players have their roles. Whether mm-hmm. that's a pinch hit home run, pinch pinch runner, guy out of the bullpen. These can, these can be your dessert bourbons. These can be your really high proof. These can be your ones that have a certain flavor to them that you don't necessarily want to have 
all all that often, but it's something that has its spot on your shelf that you're like, you know what? I could go for that tonight. Mm -hmm. And then finally, that DFA stands for designate for assignment. If you know anything about baseball, that means you're kicked off the team. See you later. Go find yourself a new home. So this week, both Michael and I have given this an all-star. Is that the first time we've both all-starred something? No, BRT2. BRT2, we both gave an all-star. But that I think this is the second time we've both all-starred a certain bottle at the same time. I say so, so. Hey, cheers to that, buddy. Let's go, buddy. Let's go. There we go. Uh, so, again, this has been brought to you by Whiskey Tower. So head on over to whiskeytowers.com. 10% off your order if you use the promo code WHISKEYWEATHER at checkout. Again, 10% off a Whiskey Tower. So that's like one of the coolest things. I wouldn't put this in a whiskey tower. It would go too fast. And uh, yes. Uh, overall, a uh, fantastic pour here. As always, the guys over at Heaven Hill, the ladies over at Heaven Hill, what they're doing with Elijah Craig and Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, they knock it out of the ballpark. Is this the best batch we've had? I think so. I don't think we've also, we've, we've, we've reviewed two or three of the Elijah Craig batches in our one year of podcasting. Um, and I think this is the highest rating we've given them. Yeah, and I'm I'm taking the, um, and I, it's not even that it's 133, and we're snobs when it comes to, to just proof, a little but, bit, just a little bit. Uh, it doesn't sip like a 133 <laughs> though. No, I, I I'm I'm killing this thing. I'm not getting yeah. torched at all. Um, I just wanted to you're say you're gonna be torched uh, later when, in the when, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when you're out shopping for this, if you're new to Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, it's the Barrel Proof ones that mm-hmm. have the the batch number on it it's not the single barrel selects mm-hmm. or private selects that you might see at some stores. of those can yeah some of those could be eight years nine years ten years these are more likely going to be closer <clears throat> to 12 years right into the microphone <laughs> I, I i you saw i tried to mute it <laughs> yes. i did i did but that has been it for our bourbon portion and now we welcome in uh, our baseball friend wes for the baseball portion of the bourbon and baseball podcast Wes, how you doing tonight, my man man i'm doing great uh you know i you guys wore the red shirts the cubs are playing the braves in that uh, september uh, playoff baseball type series so i felt it only appropriate to uh to oppose what you're wearing and, and wear the you know the the barrels and barrels blue uh and and is yeah. it the most comfy shirt you've ever worn? It is the most comfortable shirt I have ever owned. <laughs> I'm Brandon telling is you. Not, uh, not lying. Not lying when he says that. It is legit the most comfortable shirt I own. <laughs> so welcome into episode 44. As always, we transition from baseball to bourbon with a trivia question. So I've got a trivia question again for you two this week. Uh, Wes was two for two on the answers last week. Michael went 50-50. Uh, and I also have another two-parter this week for you guys. This one is going to pay homage to one of the best baseball players we have ever seen play in our lifetime, Miguel Cabrera, or a lot of people call him Miggy. It is his final week, and we'll get to him a little bit later on in the podcast. But the trivia question, dude has 3,168 career hits. You can answer it one of two ways. Which pitcher does he have the most hits off of, or which pitcher does he have the most home runs off of in his career? You can answer both. You can try to answer one of them. You've got a 50-50 shot here because it cuts the amount of pitchers he's ever faced. But yeah, Yeah, yeah. which pitcher did he call daddy? (laughs) Which pitchers did he call? Which pitchers had to call him daddy? 
most hits and or most home runs. Mm-hmm. You just got to look at who is in the AL Central the longest. Justin True. Verlander was there for a good bit, but I don't think on his Miguel team. Cabrera. On his <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, he was on the Tigers. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification, Brandon. <laughs> Scherzer was oh, also if he on starts the hitting home runs, up, if he starts hitting home runs off his teammate in the backfields, maybe. Uh, Shane uh, Bieber a, was in the league, not but not long enough. I don't even know if I can provide an answer. That's a tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. So think White Sox, Twins, Royals, and Guardians were the Indians at that time. Those would most likely be the teams that you're talking about. Who was before Bieber? Who was their ace? Kluber. Yeah, I'm going to say the most uh, home runs off Kluber. Okay. Oh man, this is gonna. I'm going to go off the wall here and say Mark Burley. Mark Burley. That's that pretty good. White Sox. That's home runs team. or hits? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go home runs off Burley. All right. Hits, I'm going to go Zach Grenke. Oh, okay. that's a good one. You got another answer, Wes? Or, or you're gonna... just covering both? No, I gonna... think that's about as deep as, yeah, as I can go. All right. So you were close with your guess of Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber gave up six home runs and 26 hits, which are both second most in both categories. The most hits was James Shields at 27 hits. We should have known that one. We should have. And the most home. Yeah. And the most home runs was Phil Hughes, who was a former oh. Twins pitcher. And he gave up and seven. White Sox, wasn't he? Yeah. No, he, 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 did he pitch for the White Sox? Uh, no. He, no, I'm think thinking so. of Phil Humber. You're, Yankees. You're feeling yeah. Phil Humber, yeah, not Phil yeah. Hughes. Hughes yeah, was Phil Yankees. Hughes, Yankees in Minnesota, and I think he pitched yeah. like for a half season with the Padres. But, um, yes, Phil Hughes. Get this line off of Phil Hughes. <laughs> 435. 469, 10.43 with an OPS of 15.13. Daddy's home. <laughs> and, that, and that's in 46 at-bats. He hit seven bombs. He was yeah. 20 for 46 against Phil with seven bombs. James Shields, he got 10 doubles off of. Uh, but, yeah, what a career for Miguel Cabrera, and we'll get to him later on. But, yeah, those are a couple of kind of off-the-wall names in a way, like – not the the top of the, the only thing was Mark Burley I think left the the White Sox in the early 2010s so he didn't pitch as long while Miguel was in his prime yeah while he was there heyday there I was but trying was to line up the well. uh, the Triple Crown timeline like with who the White Sox mm-hmm. had at that time yeah yeah and James Shields pitched for the White Sox and the Royals within that time frame too so uh, yeah Miggy and the numbers we're going to show you later on they are. Really damn impressive. But that is our trivia question. Um, before we head on into the full baseball part of the podcast, we want to offer our listeners something cool. Um, you're going to get a beta testing part of an app. Uh, and we talked about it last week. But if you've ever been to a baseball game, I know Michael collected ticket stubs. I've collected ticket stubs growing up. But it's kind of an app for that nowadays. 
you put in the information of any baseball game you've ever been to, any sports sporting event, really. Uh, we're talking hockey, baseball, and NCAA football, uh, NCAA basketball, NFL, whatever it is. If you've been to a game, you put this in this app. It's called Momento Live Sports Scrapbook. And when you sign up, use promo code, all lowercase, Bourbon Baseball. That's going to get you access to the app before it becomes widespread to everybody. Uh, and you're going to get the beta portion of this. But the cool part of all of this is I want to know how Jake Arietta did when I was at games that he pitched. Or I want to know how Chipper Jones was when I was in attendance. And down the do, road, do that's the, going to give you that, that. Do the Cubs really lose every time Michael goes to the game? Yeah, we're going to find out once you start inputting that information. In. I've started. I got to get my ticket stub from Mama's house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've got this year's in so far, but I've got to go back uh, and shuffle through my previous years. But again, go head on over to whatever it is. If you've got an Apple or an Android, go find that in your app store. It's called Momento Live Sports Scrapbook. Use that promo code Bourbon Baseball, all lowercase. And uh, you're going to get the beta portion of that app, which is exclusive to you and anybody else who's gotten in uh, as well. And then down the road, you're going to see more and more cool information coming in out of them, especially as we get closer and closer to the end of the year. So we're now into the baseball portion of the podcast. Uh, Boy, the last several days have been fun and not so fun, depending on what franchise you root for. Uh, Mm. A lot going on in baseball. Um, Let's start with the, uh, the AL West. That AL West probably the best divisional race we've had all year right oh yeah it's you know like i you can't really tell a difference between teams i feel like houston and um and texas are right there neck and neck as far as just pure talent seattle i mean i think seattle has the best rotation uh, of them all but not quite up there with the lineup man i don't know I'm, like every day that i come home that's what I want to watch is what's going on in the AL West. It's so hard not to watch. How yeah. how can how can we we with how bad Texas was in the month of August? How the heck are they in first place all of a sudden again? By several games. Yeah, not by just like the two games, right? Two and a yeah. half right now as of recording. Two and a half as of this recording, and I believe they hold the tiebreaker over both teams, the Astros and the Mariners, don't they? Yeah, I believe they do. So that makes it three and a half and five. So they basically, Mm. they need to win one game, I believe, versus the Mariners this weekend as they're playing a four-game set. If the Mariners were to sweep them, they still wouldn't have the tiebreaker because Texas has uh, put put the hammer to them earlier in the year. But, oof. What's their uh, elimination numbers? MLB.com doesn't have that on their site somehow. Uh, did they take Here's it down? It used to be their magic number. Yeah, what's what's Texas's magic number right now? It's got to be like, it's got to be like one. So Texas is, uh, they did they take that down? It used to be there. It was there. They, yesterday. Used, they used to have a magic number there where it's like you need they need one game win or loss by to clinch. Maybe it's on the app only. Hmm. It wasn't on the app on earlier. The app. I noticed. No, it's it not on the app anymore. It disappeared off the app earlier. Uh yeah, um, this is I believe prime it's time one. magic number time. Right. So, twenty-one hours ago, uh, Sports Illustrated said that Texas magic number was two. So that was as of yesterday. So depending on what happened today, I haven't looked to see. Okay. Could be down to one. Well, they're yeah, tied Texas right was, now. 
Yeah. Go ahead. Texas was off yesterday or today on he, Thursday. So, the, or no, one of Houston's the days. off today. Texas um, is playing Seattle today. Yeah. Texas beat the Anaheim or the Los Angeles of Anaheim. What the hell am I trying to say? Los the Angeles Angels, Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> Why can't we just call them the Anaheim Angels like we fucking used to? Uh, <laughs> Bring back the rally monkey, man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, the, the Los Angeles <laughs> Trouts. Um, yeah, so it's two. Uh, they clinched tonight with a win over Seattle, um, I believe. Well, at least they clinch a wild card spot, I believe, mm-hmm. with a win over Seattle. If they haven't, they, they haven't done that already either. Um, nope. I think the division's easier right now for them. Yeah, the the division is going to be the best way for the. I mean, they're likely going to have that, um, unless Houston sweeps the Diamondbacks this weekend in Arizona, which is going to be hard because Houston um, has a problem. Houston is kind of like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. They just got swept by the freaking Royals this Royals, past weekend yeah. in Houston, but away this year they are forty eight and thirty. At home, they're they, 39 and 42. They could have put first place away by doing the reverse of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous how bad of a Maybe year they they're doing it on purpose. Maybe they're doing it on purpose because they want to face the twins. They want the... <laughs> That's exactly. So it's strategic seating. That's what they're doing. Is that? <laughs> yes, no, exactly. Yes, nobody, exactly. Nobody will expect anything if we get swept by the Royals. They'll never know. Uh, not just swept, they lost five out of six to the Royals um, oh. with the series before back in KC. But yeah, so the standings there again, 89 and 69, and then 87 and 72 for the Astros. Uh, Mariners are two and a half, uh, excuse me, a game and a half back of the Astros, and then we pop up that AL wild card. That's what the final two seeds look like, and then the first team out, which is Seattle. Seattle needs to basically sweep, sweep. this weekend. Four games versus Texas, and hope that the Diamondbacks do some damage. They they do hold the tiebreaker over Houston because I believe okay. they're nine and three versus the Astros this year, or nine and four. So they have the tiebreaker. They just are a game and a half back, and that's going to be a lot. They're going to need to win against Texas. If they go three and one, that means Houston has to go one and two, which they're very capable of doing. Yeah, the the Mariners losing two of three to the Astros wasn't officially the the nail in the coffin, but it was pretty close. It put them pretty far behind the eight ball. But uh, they got Logan Gilbert going tonight. He looks pretty good so far. Yeah, it's currently in the top of the second, tied 0-0 with two outs as we're watching this right now. Uh, Last night, that was a heartbreaker for the Mariners. They lost eight to three. Uh, was it eight to three or eight to five? Uh, eight three, they, yeah. Eight three. Um, benches clearing. Some some words exchanged between J Rod and uh, was it Hector Neris? Hector Neris. Yep, Neris. Uh, yeah. People hold grudges these days, I guess. Yeah. Did you see? Like he literally walked towards the dugout. yeah, walked towards the dugout. Yeah, and it was uh, I, I forget it was. I think it might have been John Boy that did a, a breakdown of it. That uh, was, it had to be. Yeah. Um, Julio hit a home run last year around this time and was basically it wasn't the home run that put him into the playoffs, but it was a huge home run in like a, a playoff atmosphere. And Julio was pumped up. And uh, I guess Neris held a grudge for exactly a year. <laughs> he came out and said so- something about they're just super close and competitive. 
They hung out a lot. He apologized to Julio and his family, said they have respect for each other, and they're just so competitive with each other after spending so much time over uh, the COVID-like lockdown together. That's what he came out and said. That's kind of weird still. The body language didn't say yeah, that. Didn't say I'm your but... best friend here. Yeah, exactly. He watched himself on camera and was like, damn, I look like a fool. <laughs> Uh, um, so that is the AL West, the AL wild card. Um, as I already tossed the standings up there, but uh, it's going to take the the Blue Jays still haven't clinched either, and they've got a series this weekend, I believe, versus um, Tampa Bay. Correct? Right. I think that's in, in Toronto. Yep. In Toronto, uh, and Tampa's already clinched, and they can't improve their seating anymore. So does Tampa? Not say lay down, rest, but rest some guys, right? Because um, they're going to have to face Toronto or Houston, depending on whoever yeah. the five seed and is. As uh, injury laden as the Rays have been all year, it would not surprise me to to see them rest some guys. Right, right. Yadier Diaz right now is nursing a hamstring issue, so I'm sure he's taking all the rest he can get into the playoffs. When I was doing some research earlier uh, today, I went to go look at the probables, and neither team had a announced a starting pitcher for any of the three games at this point. Yeah, so, or to that time of the year where we have no clue who is like whose line is it anyways. We're making it. Yeah, a exactly. to go. <laughs> at this point, really the Razor starting people that you didn't even know their name before the, this season. Basabe and you know Junior Camonero. That guy came out of nowhere. Nobody knew who they were before the season started. That's half the team. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, it seemingly would be. Um, so do we have any predictions here for the AL? The AL West, the AL wildcard. Um, Texas, I'm assuming, is going to be the team that just kind of takes that. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, Houston is tough. playing the D-backs. Mm-hmm. I think Houston gets the better of them. They did tonight already. Um, no, it's the other way around. They're off. They didn't play today. Oh, I was looking at something. Arizona, at something. Arizona lost to, to the one. White Sox. Oh, okay. So starting this weekend is Arizona versus, weekend. Yeah. versus Houston. Um, I think the Astros get the get the um, better spot there of the wild card over Toronto. Okay. I don't think the Mariners make it. Yeah, I think the yeah. ship is kind of sailed there. What do you think, Wes? I think I'm, I think I'm right there with you. Almost. Almost the exact same. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Rays probably take one or two from Toronto, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I don't see the Mariners sweeping the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see that happening in September when they're all jockeying for position. Um, and every game, every p- pitch, you know, means so a lot. They're all going to be tuned in. Um, so I, I can't really say that I, I see the Mariners sweeping. Um, that's not to say that it couldn't happen. But, yeah, I think it ends up Mariners are out. Um, Blue Jays end up in that last wild card spot. And then uh, Texas uh, or Houston jumps them. Who who ends up winning the AOS? Did you say Houston wins it? No. So Houston jumps okay. the Blue Jays, but Blue the Rangers Jays. end up winning the, the West. Uh, I am going to say Texas wins the AL West. Um, 
I think that the Blue Jays will actually take two of three versus Tampa um, and clinch that fifth seed uh, and face Tampa later on in the week. It's going to be interesting to see how Seattle does at home because Seattle yeah. at home, a much better team than on the road, uh, 42 and 35. I guess not much better, but they've got 38 losses on the road. Uh, they could almost end up with the exact same record depending on uh, how the series goes. I think they take two out of four, which is not going to be enough because Houston will win one of the three games in Arizona. I think it goes Tampa, Toronto, and Houston for the final in the wild card in the AL with sadly the team that I have my money on the Seattle Mariners. I was supposed uh, to say, man, giving up on them now, but uh, they just, both the teams I've been rooting for this month decided that they were going to shit their pants in September. So <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the perfect segue to go into the NL wildcard race because <laughs> coming into today, uh, the Chicago Cubs were tied with the Marlins, but they just lost within the last 10 minutes to the Atlanta Braves to get swept away from Atlanta in a heartbreaking series. 82 and 77 now. They are now a half game back of the Miami Marlins, who just took a 2 1 lead in the top of the ninth in a rain delayed no, ninth inning. Yes, yes, they did. And they've got runners on first and second they, with two outs in the top of the ninth in a rain delay. Um, and I wonder if. The rain had a little bit to do with it uh, because it did look like things were getting a little sloppy out there. But Jazz Chisholm almost hit a home run to tie the game um, off the top of the wall. He pimped it, though, and he almost got thrown out at second base. Uh, but yeah, it looks like the Marlins are going to come back and take at least a game lead over the Chicago Cubs, which kind of, in my mind, it seals the fate on the Cubs. What do you They think? have to sweep. They have to sweep now, and the Mar- Marlins have to lose two of three. You have to lose two, three on the road at Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh has been playing spoiler as of late, taking two out of three versus the Cubs last week, and then two out of three with one of the biggest. The, the Reds had the worst loss in their franchise's history on Saturday. I don't know if you knew that. They were up nine to nothing after three innings and lost 13 to 12 on Saturday. That was the, the biggest comeback in. One of the season, I think, yep. like, no, it was like MLB history in like the last 80 years or something. I saw a statistic on it that was pretty, pretty insane. Yeah. It might have been their friend, it was their biggest in franchise history. I know that, yeah. The Reds had never blown a nine run lead, so uh, yeah. So the Pirates will be hosting the Marlins. The one thing about the Marlins is I don't know how they're doing it starting pitching wise because their two best players. Have just been put on the IL for the rest of the year. Yuri and Sandy. Yeah, Sandy's been shut down. So Sandy's done for the yeah. year, no matter what they make. And then Yuri was put who, on the IL over the weekend. Who are they running out there besides Jesus Lazardo? Braxton Garrett? Braxton, Braxton Garrett. Garrett, Jesus Lazardo, Cabrera's been Cabrera's actually Edward been Cabrera. That's right. A lot he's better. Actually, he's yeah. not walking the house anymore. Um, over his last five or six starts. I mean you know, the first few starts, that guy came up and he walked like six or seven. You're like, this guy has no idea where it's going. Yeah. I remember he shot um, up though and struck out like 15, didn't he? Yeah. Who <laughs> didn't? I'm, and, yeah, their, their fourth pitcher, Johnny Cueto. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, Johnny right. Cueto that's started, right. yeah. Johnny Cueto. He started, yeah, <laughs> today, right, didn't he? Today, yeah. Um, he was actually pretty good today. 
Well, the, the Mets didn't score until the eighth inning, so he must have been good. Uh, Their bullpen's not too bad. Of I mean, I don't think it's too. A.J. Puck, David Robertson, Matt Moore. Lizardo started today. Lizardo started today. Uh, Cueto was um, yesterday then. Yep, Cueto was game two yesterday um, in the game that they came back and won in. Um, they were t- down – or they were up 2 nothing, then tied 2-2, and then they won 4-2 in the tenth inning, I believe. So, yeah, the Marlins yeah. kind of – I think just took that final spot. Uh, that's basically also going to eliminate eliminate the Cincinnati Reds, who now will fall to two games back of the Marlins. They do hold the tiebreaker, I believe, because the Reds they are over the Marlins. The Reds have the tiebreaker over the Marlins because that secondary they are tied this year, three and three versus each other. But the secondary tiebreaker. This is something I want to talk to both of you guys about. This has got to be the dumbest secondary tiebreaker I've ever heard of. Your intra-division record, which has no bearing. Now, if it was the divisional record, like tiebreaker, division, I get race. it. I get it. But if the Mets have... Wait. So, just to clarify. It's not the teams within your division that count. It's only the teams outside of your division that count. Mm-mm. So the Reds have a record in the central of 20 and 29 while Miami is 16 uh, is 25 and 20. Oh no. So they now have the, okay. So the Marlins will have the tiebreaker over the Reds 26 and 25 within their Mm -hmm. Eastern division. And the Reds are 20 and 29. So the Marlins have the within your division. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes, got it. But I think it makes more sense when it's for a divisional race, not the wild card. What else would make a more more sense of a second tiebreaker? I'm trying to think of what would make besides records run, run differential records versus National League opponents because though you're facing the same teams. Yeah, I would I would it's say a different schedule. League. Yeah, I would go nationally. With, with today's schedule, like it's kind of all over the place on right. who you're facing, a, you know, across the other league. But it's not always been about fairness because it used to be you played your division how many times? 19. 20, 19 right. Yeah, 19 times. So it's never been quite about times. fairness. Because, I mean, look at the AL Central this year. Uh, the Twins are just really walking into the playoffs. I don't think they are that great well, of a team. It's always been about winning your division, though, right? True. Right. It doesn't matter who your division's in. You got to win your division. Yeah. Um, I just I think it's the dumbest. Like I get that if that was like down the road, but like why does your intradivisional record matter in a tiebreaker versus a team that's not in your division? Yeah, yeah. So if the head to head is equal, then they go to, to your that. your divisional record. Yeah, I don't know. That one's a little strange. Yeah. I got to ask you guys this question, though, <laughs> given where the Cubs are right now. And uh, I won't mention how they've played the last few days. Let, oh, go ahead and do it. <laughs> it hasn't been great. It, it, it's been pretty ugly. But Just go ahead. Just it, say the word sweep. Okay, okay, Wes, I know you want to say the word sweep. Just say it. You, it's been a sweep series. Is that what he's going to say? Yeah. Yeah, but it, but it was ugly. Like It, it wasn't like we 100% earned it is the thing. It's it was the drop fly ball on right. It was the walk off last night and today, like the error on Assad. Oh man, it, 
Oh, so the Cubs were right I, there. I, I the feel Cubs for you did guys. not get demolished. They no, they right beat there. themselves is the thing. They beat if themselves. If Jed Hoyer actually believed in this freaking team, he would have bought another arm at the deadline, and mm. then this bullpen wouldn't have been so overworked here in the month of September. Yeah. How often did he go to Mike Le- Mark Leiter Jr.? David Ross had yep. to. That's his only guy in the month of August. Jose Quas, we went and got Jose Quas. That's really who you think is going to lock down a bullpen? I digress. But if I had told you before this season started you know exactly that the Cubs would be competing for a wild card, what would you have said? Yes. No. You don't go inside Cody Bellinger for 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 just – I mean, that, that is what Jed does. That's all he's ever done since he's been at the helm is buy guys to sell at the trade deadline. Well, he's only I been would at have the told you there's years. no way. Exactly. That's all he's ever known is to buy guys for one-year deals and sell them. He's not looking at the actual best interest of winning. This was supposed to be the year where they were starting to get on the winning trend. Um, my thought was 82 yeah. and 81 with if things get, went right. Uh, 82 and 80. And if things got right, you had a shot at the playoffs. I did think at the beginning of the year, you had you signed Dansby Swanson, you signed Cody Bellinger, and you put money out there for a starting pitcher and Jameson Tyone, who was supposed to be your three. Um, he's more of a four or a five this year. But your team was supposed to compete. Through the first five weeks of the year, I think they were, what, 17 and seven? They they played mm-hmm. very well, 17 and 10. They had played a, a very good start to the season. May was rough. Then Cody went out in the middle of May in Houston, crashing into the wall. You got swept by the Angels in LA, you got swept by the Marlins in Miami. Um, and the team looked like crap until they started to climb back towards the end of June, which coincided with Bellinger coming back. And then after the second half started, they were gangbusters from July, I think, 19th on. They've had one of the better records in the National League. Yeah, they got some huge starts from Assad down the stretch. Assad, Jordan Wicks. Um, Wicks, yeah. The guys that you paid to be here in Dansby and Cody were the guys that carried you through the middle and end of the summer. Is Dansby's guest? Um, they, I have no idea what the hell happened the other night. Uh, yeah, I and, don't know. Man. And he, so he, he looked lost after that. He here's the thing: it's not Seiya Suzuki's fault. You had a six nothing lead in the sixth yeah, inning yeah. of that game. He should have never been in that position. Right. Like Correct. he should have never been in that position for that to be what everybody remembers. Right. Like right. now that's all over social media. That's what people say. Oh, Cubs collapse. And it's like, well, the truth is the Cubs were up six, nothing. <laughs> so. they, they were up six, nothing. And then they were up three, nothing in the next game. And yeah. they lost both of those games yesterday's and extras. Sorry. I've got to pause while they show a montage real quick. <laughs> okay sorry um game's over now, by the way uh you get it <laughs> yes personally i think that's ridiculous one way or the other um what whether he stole I, the 70th base or the seven i get it has never been done before but he they should do it for every time he steals a base because every time he steals a base from here going forward it's never been done before yeah. And that's been the case ever since he hit his 40th home run. So they should have done it for number 69. They should have done it for 70. They should have done it for 71. They should do it every time he hits a home run. Just kind of ridiculous, I think, at this point. Especially had it happened in the first inning, sure. You're in the 10th inning of playoff race baseball, and you're going to stop a game. 
I would be pissed if the Cubs did it. Like, you're really going to throw a three-minute montage on the fucking video board in the middle of a playoff race in the 10th inning of a game where he's the game-winning run? I get it's cool. Like, we've done it for other things like Bonds and the home run race. and So Bonds was the... Different things, but like, I don't know. It, It wasn't... Like that particular achievement of 4070 isn't something that baseball has traditionally measured as like historic value, right? right? No, mainly because it hasn't existed much or ever. Ever. So, (laughs) but like baseball has always measured, you know, the home runs as Mm -hmm. the thing, right? Or the hits or something of that nature. But like 4070. I really enjoy the fact that athleticism is coming back into the game of baseball. Oh, for sure. 40 and 70 is insane. I mean, oh, that's, that's just insane. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of impartial on the, the whole montage thing of it. They did it for Ricky Henderson when he stole however many bases and they stopped the entire game and gave him presentation. And But that was the all-time I mean, like, record, was it not? It and was. It was. And it's like, where do you and... where do you put that? Like, this is like a record that he's created. It's not like the all time stolen base record or the all time right. home run record or the all time hits record. I don't know. I'm impartial on it. I could I could go either way. Just like that Speaking infield fly rule, right? Stuff. Just like that infield fly <laughs> rule. <laughs> What's what? Oh, that was. What was worse, the infield fly or that foul ball that gave the Cubs their first run? Infield fly. No, infield fly. Did I, I miss know. something? In the in the first or second inning, the Cubs scored their first run. Candelario fouled. The oh ball yeah, no, that's a bat. foul ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. that. But what's the infield fly thing? Back in two thousand eleven. Oh, the Braves. Uh, yeah, yeah, 11. yeah. The wild card game, wasn't it? Wild card yeah. game in twenty eleven when Anderson Simmons went out to catch a ball or no the. Andrewton Simmons hit the ball, was he not? They didn't sure call an infield fly. They, di- they did they call did. an infield fly. No, they did. They did call it, yeah. Because he was he was in the deep left field, and they're like, wow, yeah. that's not the infield. I think Simmons was the hitter. They didn't or they called an infield fly. The ball ended up hitting the ground in short left field. Yeah. And then I, the Braves ended up losing that, yeah. and getting getting put out. That was the wild card game, yeah. And was that the year the Cardinals won the World Series? Twenty eleven. I think it would have. I think it was. No, they won. Yeah, they won in twenty eleven because Boston won in twenty six, uh, twenty thirteen. Wow. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yesterday, I mean, the Cubs were gifted the first run yesterday. I, I don't really want to spend too much more time on the Cubs because um, when their season's done and uh, just the way that the last. Two to three weeks. Here's my thought. A lot of people are ragging on David Ross. And here's me saying it wasn't Ross's fault. You throw I mean, the guys that you were given. You play the guys that you were given. I had a lot of people talking to me. Why are they playing Miles Mastroboni? Well, Candelario and Nick Madrigal. Candelario and Nick Madrigal? They were on the IL. Hey, who, who are you going to play at third base? Who? I'm going to say this. I, I think David Ross needs serious consideration for manager of the year in the NL because coming into this year, I mean, you had the Cubs pretty far down the list, right? I mean, most MLB experts were not. Michael had him in the playoffs. 
over I the Padres, over the Dodgers, mm-hmm. Braves, Mets. I had Cardinals, the Dodgers out of collapsed. the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. But look, man, I, I got to say, given the cards that Ross was dealt, he's got to get manager of the year consideration. I mean, I think they made the phenomenal job. Had they made the playoffs, I think he would have. I think yeah. he would have been within that consideration. But the fact that they they're going to be on the outside looking in, I think it's going to be a Skip Schumacher, um, yeah, in the NL, uh, or even a Tori Lavello, uh, who's taken this Diamondbacks team, who was supposed to be a year or two away, uh, into one of the best teams in the National League over the last couple of weeks. Um, last thing on the Cubs is it, it wasn't David Ross's fault. Jed Hoyer, as Michael said it early on, didn't didn't do anything but Candelario and Jose Quas at the deadline. Um, Mark Leiter Jr. was a literal DFA in the offseason by the team he's pitching for. They designated him for assignment and then re-signed him after they cut him. Julian Merriweather, who's been pitching in late innings, he was a waiver claim from Toronto in the offseason. Jose Quas had a four-plus ERA from the Royals when he got him at the deadline. Luke Little had never pitched in the major leagues before. Michael Fulmer was the... Daniel Palencia. He was a rookie who came up in the deal from the Andrew Chafin trade. The only guy who had real experience were Brad Boxberger, who's pitched like 10 innings and been hurt most of the year. And Michael Fulmer, who was trashed to start the year, had an amazing middle of the season. And then he hasn't pitched but one inning in the last two months. And then Edward Elzele, who ended up being your closer, was a guy that you didn't even know was going to pitch outside of AAA this year because you didn't know what he had because when he was starter, he was just a five-inning, three-run kind of guy. So they didn't build the bullpen the way they should have. But I think that this is a good stepping forward point. They just need to have the best offseason of any team next year moving forward because the Reds are coming. The Pirates showed you this year that they've got talent, and the Cardinals aren't going to be dead last forever. So that's all I have on the Cubs. Give me a couple of years the Cardinals dead last. Give me a couple. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would love it. I just don't think it's going to happen. So same thing we did with the ALS and the NL uh, in the AL wildcard. What do we think about the NL wildcard? Is it right as right as pictured? Yep. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's actually again the Cubs are going to drop to five, honestly. <gasps> the gasp. <laughs> uh, the Reds are on the road versus St. Louis. The Cubs are playing the Brewers. The Cubs are gassed. The Reds still have um, some energy. They've got younger guys who can play a little longer. Um, and they're playing a team this weekend that is not as great in the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, and they also hold the tiebreaker over the Cubs. So all it takes is a sweep and the Cubs to lose one game and the Reds will jump them either way. So that's my thoughts. Any any other thoughts? Michael said the same it is. I, I, same it is it, as yeah. it is. I think the uh, Cubs have one more, one more game to give it their all. That's it. Well, they have three, but... They, I really they, everything really no room no yet. room for error yep. at this point right right they gotta sweep and they gotta hope that the reds lose one so the cubs take on the brewers the marlins will be at the pirates the reds at the cardinals the astros at the d-backs in the al the rays at the blue jays astros at d-backs as i mentioned and then rangers are in a four-game series with the mariners currently leading up one nothing here in the top or bottom of the third and ooh. J.P. Crawford just put one into the seats, just foul. But um, so that's going to be a series to watch. 
playoff implications going forward here over the next couple of days. We're really going to find out who uh, who's in the playoffs, obviously, between now and the next time we record. But um, I, I, I think the last couple of weeks have been better than what this weekend's going to actually shape out to be. I think it's it's going to be kind of more of a dud than what we thought it was going to be. The last couple of weeks, we've been like, oh, it's going to come down to the final few games. But that loss to Houston yesterday for the Mariners and the way that Texas has, like, they've been the best team. They've been the worst team. They've been the best team. They've been the worst team. <laughs> yeah. They're back to Absolutely. being the best team. Um, yeah. So moving forward, as we head on into the weekend, a couple of thoughts. Um the the one that we started the uh, baseball portion of this off with trivia, Miggy. Uh, it's the end. It's Miggy's final series, the last stand. He's going to be taking on his final opponent, suiting up. What do you expect? What do you think? Uh, see his home run yesterday? Oh, yeah. And he had a single too, right? Yeah, he's two for three with two RBIs. Yeah, right before uh, it was right before a rain delay. Mm-hmm. And they finished that game earlier today as we record. But, uh, yeah, uh, I what don't think we. Yeah, I don't think we. Maybe we did, and it's just because he hasn't been Miggy the last couple of years. But did we? Did we take him for granted as a society? I think we did in his later years. Like Miggy in his prime is uh, hitter wise one of if not the best pure hitter that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And right. I think he and Pujols are right there as one and two of just pure hitters. That's mm-hmm. average. That's home runs. That's gap to gap power. That's hitting the opposite way. Um, hitting for average. Hitting for average. Um, now, granted, I grew up watching Bonds, but I was still young when Bonds was kind of in his prime, like the 04, 02 you know, late nineties to early two thousands. But man, for me, Miguel Cabrera is, I will always remember just how good he was and how feared he was as a hitter, man. The year he won the triple crown, it was one of the most amazing things to watch. A lot like we're talking about Acuna, right? And he's doing things that we haven't seen before. Like Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown and it hadn't happened in what? 20 or 30 years maybe you know, 40 like, or 50 i think well, yeah i mean it was insane so, watching him do that and that was so much fun really gonna miss watching miggy i know the last few years have just been uh kind of down for him he's a little older doesn't move as well now but really gonna miss watching him play you mentioned I mean, the triple crown go ahead michael i was gonna say the guy was a top five mvp candidate seven years yeah, that's that's huge. So his 2012 season was the year he won the triple crown. 44 bombs, 139 ribbies, and he batted 330. I think the following year was an even better year. It was. He hit 348, 44 bombs, two less RBIs. His OPS in the first year was 999. His OPS in the second year was 1078. And he didn't. He won the MVP, but he didn't win the Triple Crown because Chris Davis hit fifty, 50 plus, home, plus 51. Yeah. I remember. I, I remember that happening. Right. And then Chris, Chris Davis. Chris Davis got signed to a long extension after that, and never still played again. Paid. Still, <laughs> getting, still paid. getting paid. Still getting paid. So get this, Miggy, 
from 2011 to 2015 led the league in batting average four out of those five years. The only year he didn't was 2014, so and he good, hit a man. paltry 313. That is so good. That's so good. Like, that but is get, so hard to do. From 2005 to 2016. And so think about it this way. What is Luis Arise at right now? Ooh, that's a good call. Luis Arise. Because he was... He, Lu- Luis Arise is considered the best Your hitter source right of average right. in the MLB right now. And I think he's at I think he's around the 340s 353, or 350s. 353. And you're telling and Miggy Cabrera in his prime was right there, not only doing that, 330s, 340s, but also hitting home runs. Like 44 home runs. Yeah. So from 2005. Through 2016, that's 12 seasons. He hit above 300 in all but one. All but one. And that season he didn't hit above 300, it was 292. He still led the leagues with 37 home runs, and that was 2008. His first year in Detroit. Yeah, Miggy went from the generation where hitting above 300 was what the elite did Mm -hmm. to now the elite just have to hit 280. Where the elite were hitting 320, 330. And the elite right now, you can win MVP and hit 280. Yep. Yeah. Yep. His last three years, last four years, if we go back to 2020, it's kind of where his downfall average wise went 250, 256, 254, 250. But some of the numbers, as I was doing the research on this, I'm popping it all on the screen. 3,169 hits. So, uh, yeah, that ranks 17th all-time. His home run yesterday tied Mel Ott for the 25th most. Doubles, 624 is the 13th most in Major League Baseball history. Doubles. That's ridiculous. That's insane. And I think what the most incredible and most insane part of all this he did all of that with his two primary stadiums as Pro Player Stadium in Miami and then Comerica Park, which is a pitcher's park. And still today, after they moved the fence in this yeah. year, is still a pitcher's park. Hmm. And he still hit 511 home runs in his career. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Could you imagine in like a in like a Fenway or like a, a New York? Wrigley. Wrigley. Yeah, like Comiskey Park or Guaranteed Rate or whatever the hell they call it. Yeah, he, he might be close <laughs> to that 600 mark. <laughs> guaranteed Rate Field. Yeah, I uh, I think last year we were kind of spoiled by Pujols' swan song that like it made us think that that's like what the norm is, right? Yeah, that's, that's just how great he was last year. I was hoping for more from Miggy. Oh, last thing I got to throw on the Miggy topic. Did you see what the Oakland Athletics gave him as a uh, um, parting gift. That's been all over my social media feed, and every time it comes up, I swipe it away. It's irritating. They got to keep the money on the field, okay? They you want to know the, the best the part field. of all this? So for those of you who don't know, they gave him a bottle of wine, which was $79.99. <laughs> that's not the part. Hey, if I gave him this bottle, that would be, I mean, that would be a good gift, right? Whatever. That'd be more expensive. <laughs> it was same, same price, $79.99. <laughs> Did they not do the research? Miguel Cabrera is a recovering alcoholic. Oh, yeah. No. I didn't know that. That's insane. Oh. Oakland going to Oakland. 
Oakland, get to Oakland. And this is where we say, please drink. That's brutal. Why has that not gotten more news? Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Dude's a recovering alcoholic. Here's our finest bottle of Napa wine. Oh, thank you. That's going to hopefully sit on the shelf. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, cheers to Mickey. Um, Two years in a row, we're losing one of the greatest, if not the greatest hitters of our generation. Oof. And probably losing one of the best managers of our generation as well. Oh, don't remind me, man. This one hurts. This one hurts me. Old Tito is... He's, he's got 10 years on freaking Tony La Russa. Let's go, baby. Keep managing. Just the way he's talking, man. Like, if you saw the report, uh, I, I think it was a few weeks ago, where he just said, it's time. Like, didn't, like, very just morbid. Kind of dry. But, man, Terry Francona, if it is, in fact, his last year, baseball is going to lose, like, just one of those cornerstone managers. Yeah. He's uh, mostly known for the Red Sox and the Guardians, but he did coach or manage the Phillies. Two-time World Series, as you see on your screen, three-time pennant, the AL pennant with the guardians in 2016. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't get that third one, but yeah, three time manager of the year. Uh, Michael, what what are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, he's, he's known for Britain, the 2004 Boston Red Sox team and 2007 world series champs. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hate to see if as our generation of coming up now, he's one of the managers as just a classic manager. Um, now we got these young guys, David Ross, coming up, and it's just you feel better with the Dusty Bakers of of the league managing your team. And who's the Rangers uh, manager right now? Bruce Boshi. Bruce Boshi. You feel better. Like those are your classic guys that we don't have. I mean, right now, I guess Craig Council's slowly developing developing himself into a classic guy. Joe Madden's done. Snit. Um, Yes. Oh, is, is you think Snit? Snit's been in the Braves organization for forty years, man. That is pretty cool. Ron Washington with the Braves too, a third base coach, oh, yeah. right? Eric Eric Young, who was a former Cub, Brave, um, Rocky player. Yeah, I don't know he hasn't managed, but yeah, um, it's gonna be weird. That's for sure. He he's been with Cleveland a lot longer than I. Thought it was early two thousand tens because it was at the same time him and Theo left at the same time when Theo came to the Cubs he left to the Red yep. Sox and went on. Over. I think he did TV for a year and then he came back. He did. It took a, he? he took like a year off from the Red Sox, right? Yeah, and then came to Cleveland and really yeah. turned that franchise around. Um, if you look at his managing career, when he left Philadelphia, so his first team he managed for. He never had a losing season. Never until this year. That's ridiculous. That, That's insane. Just, just shows you his his team's Impact. always played. Right? Yeah. Rick and A. 2015 yeah. was 81 and 80, but that's still a winning season. I mean <laughs> in 2021, he went 80 and 82. Oh, uh, excuse me. Okay. I missed that one. But yeah, just about 500. So He's like Mike Tomlin when I, when you look at it at football, right? Like 
constantly has his team in contention. Won the AL pennant in 2016 with Guardians. Um, yeah, 2011 is last year with the Red Sox. 2013, his first year with the Indians at the time. He My just goodness. one of those just beloved people in baseball. Like we don't we don't really have that much anymore. I don't feel like Mm-mm. where the fan base, the players, like everybody loves him. Right. And which blows my mind as to how his scooter got stolen for a second time. I don't <laughs> who steals Tito's scooter? Who does that? I'm, I was That's I'm, hilarious. I'm upset about that. Who would steal Tito's scooter, man? <laughs> yeah. By uh, the way, good. In 04. He did not win manager of the year. So now, that's granted, a regular season award, though, isn't it? It is. Granted, that's a regular season award. They won 90. But the Red Sox games. did sneak in and did break the curse in 04. And uh, Buck Showalter was actually the one that won it in 04. What team was he coaching at that point? The Orioles? The Rays? No. Texas. It was Texas. He yeah, was that's the first year Texas. with A-Rod, wasn't it? Yep, first year with it A-Rod. Was. It's when Texas, right. uh, Texas had just signed A-Rod uh, to that huge deal. The Red Sox went 98-64 and 64 that year. Wow. His first year as a manager. Um, wow. Well, uh, again, cheers to Terry Francona. We don't have to cheers the next two guys because who cares? Uh, yeah, here you go, Tito. <laughs> I'm going uh, to drink a Tito's in lime for you later uh, on. A Tito's in lime for Tito. The next two on the list, uh, Adam Wainwright. He's got 200 career wins. He's going to end his career here uh, as we get towards this weekend. And then Joey Votto. I don't know. We talked about him last week, so we don't have to talk too much about him this week. Uh, did you see the end of the Reds game last week on Sunday? The last home game? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. They uh, oh, the standing ovation. He got a standing ovation, didn't he? Standing ovation, yeah. multiple times. Got a base hit, and his final at bat was removed from the game for a pinch runner because they needed to. Uh, but also, it was one perfect. of those like we're in perfect timing. Got a standing O, came out, did the old curtain call. Place was pumping after this after the game. Every player, every person in the stands stayed and watched and listened to his post-game press conference on the field because that's who they chose to talk to because they won the game and they thought it was going to be his final game. Uh, and he was basically yeah. in tears in it. Last week I said, I don't think he's done, but after that, it's kind of hard to like, be like, Oh yeah, I'm coming back. You know what I mean? And he's a career red. I don't know that yeah, the Reds, right. we talked about it before, that they could have a great, he could be a great leader in the clubhouse, bench piece. But like you said, after this exit, it, right off into the sunset while your head's held high. Unless yeah. he wants to try to help him win a ring, you know, take take a minimum salary just to come be a piece for him. He. It would be hard for him to. That would be what, tough. He, if he if goes he out now, yeah. If he goes out now, he goes out on top, right? Like the Reds are having a great year. They're much better than expected. It's exciting. 
Is he at the end of his, you know, time with the Reds? He is a Red. He never played for another team. Like, yeah, it'd be tough to to try and stick around. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I love how we just glossed right over Adam Wainwright. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah, suck it, Cardinals. <laughs> no. Um, uh, what a career. Uh, I'm interested to see how that game goes this weekend because he's going to pitch, I believe. I have a feeling that Yachty's going to be coming out in uniform and taking him out of the game <laughs> just because it's been the, his, that was his dude, right? Like I thought maybe yeah. at the end of last year. Would he be allowed doing... to do that as a non? I believe so. As a non rostered player? Uh, yeah. I think Andy, didn't Andy Pettit come out and remove Andy Pettit. Peter? Yeah. So, and it or, was uh, Jorge Posada. One of those, I th- it was Andy Pettit, Horse. Posada and Jorge, Jeter, was it not? They came out that removed, and removed Mo. Mo, yeah. So, and two of those guys well, was was Jeter. Yeah, Jeter had already retired Look, at that point. If it's a problem, the Cardinals will sign Yai as a bat boy for a day, okay, and let him go out there. I wonder if they'll have him hiding in the tunnel, though. Right, like Wayno has Dog. no idea. Yeah, they should do something. That, 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 yeah, that'd be really cool. He too had a storied career, though, man. Like Wayno at his peak, him and him and Chris Carpenter when they were back to back, man. Oh, sorry, I know it. I know. Well, it. he was the he was the closer in 06, right? That won it out of the bullpen his rookie yeah. year. What's need the closer? Um, Who drafted yeah. him, Wes? <laughs> the Braves. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> Wasn't he first round pick? He was. <laughs> <laughs> Who did they trade him for? I don't even remember. A freaking bag of peanuts. Oh, uh, I thought you knew. I thought you knew, Brandon. No, I don't actually no. know. I don't remember. I don't think. Um... Two hundred and one twenty-eight in his career, and of those one hundred and twenty-eight, of those one hundred twenty-eight, eleven of those losses have come this year. Career ERA three fifty-three, um, two thousand two hundred and two strikeouts. <laughs> Hall of very good is where the I trade was a five player trade. The Cardinals sent I just over pulled it up JD Drew and Eli Marrero, backup catcher, for young starting pitcher Jason Marquis, reliever Ray King, who was pretty good, and double A pitching prospect Adam Adam Wainwright. Ouch, ouch. Good thing the Ra- uh, the Braves haven't had good pitching prospects or anything over the last couple of years. <laughs> What year was that? That was 2003. 2003. All right. How far away was that from the Mark to share a trade? <laughs> yes. <I was> <laughs> What's worse? The Mark to share trade to the Braves. Yes. Yeah. Basically just fielded the whole Texas Rangers like World Series contending team. Oof. Um while we're talking about that, uh, real quick. 07 was the Teixeira trade. <laughs> Miggy, unanimous all Hall of Famer or no? Yes. yes. Unanimous? Any Anybody that votes no for Miguel Cabrera in the Hall of Fame, I'm sorry. Like, they need to lose their vote. I already have some reserve about today's voters because I don't think that they watch baseball as much as they used to in the past. Like when it 
it still matters. And I forget which player it was. Somebody voted. I think it was a Red Sox player, like a Red Sox writer that didn't vote for Mariana Rivera. Mo is the only one who's ever won in unanimous. Maybe it's Jeter. You're thinking Griffey. Griffey, yeah. And somebody it's like didn't vote for him. And you're like, yeah. Anyway, I digress. I'm I'm not gonna go down that road. Ninety nine point three for Ken Griffey Jr. Um, so that means two people didn't vote for him, I believe. But yeah, I think Miggy should be a unanimous. But I do think that there will probably be one or two writers who say he's gonna make it anyway. I'm gonna put my vote on a player who I think also deserves it. That probably isn't gonna get the vote. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see a unanimous again, just because it's only been happened once. But maybe Pujols, but. Who knows? We'll see. It'll be back-to-back yeah, years. On. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, before we get going, the Orioles just not only clinched the AL East, they just had their 100th win for the first time. Man. Since Michael's freshman year high school. I mean, since 1980. <laughs> 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 no, uh, 1980. Uh, what a season. Three years. Yeah, what a season. Are they the team to beat, or is it the Astros? I still think it's the Astros. I don't uh, think the Orioles have the pitching, man. How they got to 100 wins with that rotation, I don't know. Oh, my I gosh. I don't think anybody expected them to be at 100 wins, but I did anticipate yeah. them to be a competitor Contending. in that division for a wildcard spot. But, yeah, wow. Well, Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez this half have been – Pretty good. I mean, they both have sub 280 RAs. And John Means is back. And uh, Bautista, did he finally come back or is he still pitching bullpen? I haven't seen that he came back. I, I don't think he's had, been I either. Yet. I think it's going to be one of those he's going to be put on the roster if possible and then he could be taken off if need be. But uh, yeah, I mean, and the team's got a scary offense. You can't knock that defensively. I think they're one of the more sound teams in the league going and getting the ball um, and pitching in defense. But the pitching is the question. The bullpen, though. I mean, if if Bautista is healthy, we talked about it last week. And we'll get into predictions as we get into next week because you can expect another episode of us uh, a little bit sooner as we get on into next week. But, yeah, Baltimore Orioles clinched the AL East. There's only one division left to be clinched. It's the AL West. I'm looking I think forward it's to it. The, yeah, it's the Rangers to lose right now. Should be. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So if we were looking at it today, Brandon, here's the playoff picture as of today. Marlins yep. up there at six seed. And uh, just like last year, we're going to do our own bracket challenge um, and a giveaway for the. Uh, the playoffs so tune into our next episode for uh more of that but make sure you're following us on all sorts of social media all the youtube channels head on over to barrels and barrels pod on youtube and bnb bourbon um to get a chance to win something as we get towards the end of the playoffs we'll be doing a bracket challenge that barrels and barrels bracket challenge like we did last year uh real quick uh the our top 10 power rankings which are brought to you by 10th mountain whiskey and spirit company it is our second to last power rankings of the season um this upcoming weekend you'll find this on our youtube page next monday we will have a new 
set of power rankings. It'll be our top 12 power rankings because it'll be ranking the the 12 teams that make it into the playoffs. And we'll be doing our breakdown of who we think the best of those are. So before we get any further, Michael, who are your top 10 this week? I'll, I'll give you I'll give you my 10 here um, since we're, we're closing out uh, the Minnesota Twins at number 10 moving into the top 10 for me. Seattle Mariners at nine, Philadelphia Phillies at eight, the Toronto Blue Jays falling a spot at seven, Houston falling a spot at six, Milwaukee Brewers at five, and the rounding out the top four is the Braves, Orioles, Rays, and Dodgers from one You read four. last week's power rankings, buddy. Week 25. Week 26. I read the wrong ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was 25. Week 26. All right, Brandon. Brandon, Houston. give us your week 26 power rankings. <laughs> uh, Houston Astros, number 10. Number 9, the Minnesota Twins. Number 8, Texas. Number 7, Toronto. 6, the Milwaukee Brewers. 5, the Philadelphia Phillies. Tampa Bay in 4, LA. 3, ba- uh, Baltimore. 2, and the Braves in first and again those are powered by 10th mountain whiskey and spirit company uh which you can go to 10thwhiskey.com use promo code bnb for 10 percent off your order it's almost spooky season well, i guess we're in spooky season it's almost christmas shopping season and michael's been doing his christmas shopping on 10th mountain whiskey's website all summer all summer he's been, been shopping since our our, uh, our sponsorship started so go to guess 10th what you're getting brandon yep <laughs> A big fat nothing. Uh, so that is it for the final regular season episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Episode 44, the Hank Aaron episode. YouTube is where you can find us, Barrels and Barrels Pod, for our baseball content. We're putting out more shorts. We've got our plays of the week out there. We call those our Thieves of the Week, also our top 10 power rankings. And as we go into the offseason, we'll have some more baseball content for you there. But if you're looking for bourbon content at BNB Bourbon, uh, go head on over to YouTube there. As I mentioned, we'll be doing a giveaway here shortly, not only for when we get to 1,000 subscribers, but also a playoff bracket style challenge. Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Barrels and Barrels Pod. On Twitter at Barrels and Barrels. And you can email us if you so choose. If you want to buy some gear, that shirt that Wes is wearing, I've got a hat, Michael's got a hat, the Glen Cairns we've been drinking out of, the Whiskey Wisdom glasses, whatever it is, head on over there, email us, and we'll get those shipped out to you. Barrels and barrels at gmail.com. Listen to us if you haven't already. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio podcast. Don't forget to hit the rate and review button. Gentlemen, it has been a sad day just because it's the last regular season podcast. but. We're going into the the best time time of the the year. The last time the Cubs will be playing any baseball. Relevant baseball. Yeah, for sure. So it'll be the last time we're talking about the Cubs playing a game next. um, The next time we'll (laughs) be talking about. Yep, until next year. So uh, that is it for episode 44. Thanks for joining us again, Wes. Michael Burns, do you have any final post-mortem thoughts about the Cubs, about podcast, about bourbon, or you just send us home? I will speak bear everybody my sorrows and just finish with let's go that's the weakest let's go so far